You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Really Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Folks, Your team. Come. Every day. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Former longtime ESPN host Trey Wingo, who is now over at the Pro Football Network, joins us on the show today. He did uh, some reporting around Aaron Rodgers at the draft and was... At least from what I saw, the first to report the Packers-Randall Cobb connection, a a connection that you may recall I dismissed on this show. Um, And if I didn't do it on this show, I certainly did it on Twitter. Um, But that turned out to be a very real thing. The momentum picked up and all of a sudden it was like, okay, uh, there's uh, this is real. And so, you know, and Trey was absolutely right about it. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about... um, Rodgers future and the Packers future this year so a lot to get to here with Trey before we do that I an interesting question posed by Dan Orlovsky this morning yesterday morning excuse me and the question was who's the most important Packers player that's not Rodgers to them having success slash getting over the hump And he listed Jenkins as in Elton Jenkins, Myers as in Josh Myers, Stokes, Eric Stokes, and Rashawn Gary. Now, I don't know that that's, I I, I don't think the question is what he's asking, right? I don't think his intent is, okay, you know, because Devontae Adams goes down, that has a huge impact on what your offense looks like. Um, Zadarius Smith goes down, that has a huge impact on what your defense looks like. Jair Alexander goes down and your defense is SOL, right? So... I think what he means is if this player comes in and gives them something, if they play well, it most improves their team. And so Jenkins, presumably, okay, he's in there uh, at left tackle. And so that's the case for Ellen Jenkins. Josh Myers, who is um, Dan's pick, he said, I think it's Myers. If he is able to play early and well, that offensive line can be the best in the league again, even after losing Corey Lindsley. And so my point here is uh, if Josh Myers is just a C plus, if he's just fine, if he's just, you know, higher than replacement level, but just solid, just like you don't have to worry about him. He's going to lose some matchups against the top guys. If you ask him to block Aaron Donald one on one, he's not going to do what Elton Jenkins did and stone him consistently. Um, But he is going to be solid, right? If that's what you get, the offensive line is going to be really good. Because David Bakhtiari is really good. Elton Jenkins is really good. And the rest of the guys are solid. Billy Turner is solid. Lucas Patrick is solid. And whoever has that other guard spot, they'll have competed for it. And in the short term, we don't know what they're going to be. But the other one, you know, Elton Jenkins, Billy Turner, and guard X are going to be some combination of the guards this year. 
And Lucas Patrick, we know, is a solid player. So from an offensive line standpoint, I'm not worried about the offensive line unless Josh Myers is bad. And if he's bad, Lucas Patrick can play center, has experience playing center. Not the end of the world there. And if you have to slide Patrick into center, once David Bakhtiari gets back, you can do some rearranging, play some guys at, at guard who maybe could be tackles or vice versa. And it's not that big a deal. The Packers were able to, you know, stick it together during the season last year. In the playoffs, it becomes a bigger deal. But during the regular season, for the most part, not a problem. A lot of fans, when I when I posted this on Twitter, a lot of fans said Eric Stokes. And I think that is certainly the intuitive answer because the biggest hole on this team last year was that CB2 spot, Kevin King. What... I said is the Packers defense in 2019 against the pass was much better when Preston Smith was playing well, when he was creating pressure and getting sacks, even with Kevin King out there. Now, Kevin King had a couple well-timed interceptions, you know, interceptions in the red zone, interceptions in the in the Cowboys game that changed uh, the complexion of that game. So those were impactful, important plays, but he still only had a handful of them. We're talking about he had four interceptions on the season. It's not exactly, you know, like he, he had some crazy unsustainable interception. Like he had eight interceptions or 10 interceptions in the season. And that's the reason your passing defense was so good. No, by DVOA, that was a top 10 passing defense. And that was with Kevin King in that corner spot. Because Kenny Clark was awesome because Zadarius Smith was awesome, and because Preston Smith was, was credibly very good. So now you've got Kenny Clark. He is back. He is rejuvenated. He is kicking ass and taking names so far this offseason. He's slimmed down. He is working on that pass rush part of his game, playing a little bit more three-tech, going to get some more pass rush opportunities this season, it seems. Maybe even a little five-tech. And... They're going to move him around and use him all over this defense to create pressure. Zadarius Smith is Zadarius Smith. If you get Rashawn Gary to take the jump, if you get OTAs and training camp Rashawn Gary in the regular season, and he is legitimately a dude, doesn't have to be a superstar, doesn't have to be Khalil Mack, but if he can be what Preston Smith was in 2019 doesn't even have to have 10, 12 sacks. But if he has, you know, eight sacks and 50 pressures, that's really good. That's really, really good, really useful. We know he hustles. We know he sets the tone with his mentality. And he's a good run defender, a better run defender than we saw Preston Smith be last year by a lot. Now, the Packers are excited about Preston Smith. So maybe he bounces back and they don't need Rashawn Gary to be that guy. My feeling is from an upside standpoint, Rashawn Gary at his best is probably better than Preston Smith this year for this Packers defense. But if Preston Smith is going to be 85, 90% of what he was in 2019, then the answer is Eric Stokes. And, and Mark Eckel wrote for Packer Report this week, Stokes is going to get that job sooner rather than later. Even if King opens the season and Jerry Gray said, you know, we're not going to have him lose his job to injury. Well, well, if he doesn't play the entire training camp and the entire preseason, I don't care if he's ready for week one. You can't put him out there. 
You just can't put him out there. Someone else has taken all those reps. And if Eric Stokes looks solid, if he looks good, you got to start him. You have to start him. It's not even a question. You have to start him. So again, I think the answer is Rashawn Gary. And I think there are some other guys that you could make the case for. Marquez Valdez-Scantling has gotten off and he wasn't in on Dan's list. But he has played really well in camp. And in, in, by all accounts, in camp and in OTAs. Catching the ball a little bit smoother. Getting in and out of his breaks a little bit faster. Doing more than just be a deep threat. If he goes from a guy that that is the inconsistent deep threat who is just as likely to catch an 80-yard touchdown as he is to drop an 80-yard touchdown to the guy we saw in the NFC Championship game consistently, well, then that alters the geography and the geometry of your offense. It creates more space underneath for Amari Rodgers to work. It creates more space for Devontae Adams to work. And if he is also working underneath, if your corners have to consistently bail and now he can be a threat underneath on slants, on digs, on posts, then that is a new facet of your offense where you can utilize him And that can be the way you diversify what was already a very good offense in 2020. I think that's a name that that could be in the conversation here. But to me, the answer is Rashawn Gary. If he plays to his ability and he plays the way that he has played so far, with that hair on fire mentality, converting speed to power, showing the, the power moves and the speed to corner and get to the quarterback, plus the ferocity with which he always plays and the strength in the run game, then he can take this defense to the next level and hide whatever deficiencies are behind him. We know that a good pass rush can help a secondary and that a good secondary can help a pass rush. They're, they're symbiotic. But we already have proof of concept on this. The Packers did it two years ago. The pass rush can make such a big difference when you're trying to cover up a gap and you're trying to figure out, okay, how do we protect this guy? Now, if it's Eric Stokes out there too, then I I think, you know, then we can make a game. Like if Eric Stokes goes out there and is awesome and Rashawn Gary is just solid, then it's like, it's going to seem obvious. But I, I think the question... That is being asked is, okay, if this guy just goes out and plays well. Because, you know, if Eric Stokes goes out there and is the second coming of Darrell Rivas, yeah, of course, that's going to impact more than Rashawn Gary unless Rashawn Gary goes out and is the second coming of Khalil Mack. Like, we have to be reasonable in how we look at this stuff. So, to me, this season, the most likely outcome for a guy who's going to take a step forward and, and improve a spot from last year or hold the fort in the case of Josh Myers Gary, to me, is the guy who, with his upside and and what we've seen so far in flashes, I'm not only the most confident that he can do that, but I think that's the position where if he is the guy that the Packers drafted him to be, then you don't have to worry as much about what's going on in that secondary behind you because quarterbacks are going to be dying to get the ball out, and it's much easier to defend when you know the offense has to get the ball out in a hurry. All right, we're going to get to Trey Wingo in just a second. But before we do, today's episode is brought to you by 
Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. You can track all the action at Bet Online. The NFL is back. Preseason games are back. Packers, Texans this week. You can bet on it at betonline.ag. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their run to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All right, let's get to my next guest. You can follow him on Twitter at Wingos, W-I-N-G-O-Z, Trey Wingo, longtime NFL host on ESPN, and he still knows a thing or two. He still talks to people. He still he still knows things. Trey, thanks for coming on Locked on Packers. It's good to be with you. Peter, great to be with you. How are you? I'm I'm doing well. I, I still feel like I'm catching up a little bit from everything uh, that that happened with the Packers over the off season, and and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on is uh, the, just the the wealth of information that we've received. The the download dump it seems like that we got from the Aaron Rodgers press conference and and all of these things about the timeline that we're still trying to settle uh, early on in the drama. Uh, you were a, a part of the reporting around what was going on with Rodgers and some of the discontent. And you reported that there was this conversation about uh, a, a trade or not a trade and and that contributing to Aaron Rodgers' discontent. Um, there's been some reporting since then around that. Do you, do you feel like you have a better sense now of, of what was going on there? Um, no. I mean, I, I think that what we stated and a couple of other people stated in, in early April was what happened. Um, you know, I, Aaron was told, and, and I can totally understand why the Packers would say they didn't say this, and I, it's probably in their best interest. <laughs> right. But, you know, he, he, you know, he, he was told they were going to trade him. And then they said, well, we changed our mind. And Aaron is, as Mark Murphy has said on many occasions, a complicated fellow. And he was like, yeah, it doesn't work that way. You know, no, we're, we're, we're done. And uh, he was very adamant about that. And, and, and I want to be clear. For anybody, and you know this if you cover the Packers for any time, right? This is not an isolated incident between Aaron and the Packers, and I'm not suggesting that one side is right and one side is wrong. I'm just saying this is what it is and what it has been. You know, Aaron's discontent, whether you know ill ill conceived or ill perceived, goes back years. You know, after the 2017 season, they fired his quarterback coach without telling him whom they had. A, who he had a great relationship with. Yep. And then he really wanted someone else besides Gutenkunz to be the GM, and that didn't happen. And you know, then of course they trade up in the draft in 2020, not not sitting there like they did when Rodgers just sort of felt them. They made an aggressive move to get Jordan Love. Then, of course, right before the season starts in 2020, he goes on and talks about how he trusts his receivers and how Jake Kumarau was a big part of that, and they cut him the next day. So it's a long list of things that led to what could have been the breaking point between Aaron and the team, and, and that sort of manifested itself this offseason. So now that we're, we're here and, and Aaron Rodgers is back in camp, and I want to get to the Randall Cobb part of this uh, in a second. Uh, what do you yep. think ha- has changed? Have, have you have you had any discussions with anyone who's who's offered any uh, insight on? Okay, this is this is why ultimately Aaron Rodgers is now in camp and at least for the moment being a, a good soldier, so to speak. 
Well, I, I think a lot of it has to do with two things. One, the, the restructuring of his deal and getting rid of the 2023 year. And I think all realistic expectations are this is going to be his last year in Green Bay. Now, as we all see, things can change at the 11th hour. But the way this is set up, which is what the Packers wanted to do from the beginning anyway, once they drafted Jordan Love. They wanted Aaron Rodgers for two more seasons, and then they wanted to turn over the keys to the car and the franchise to Jordan Love. And so Aaron gets a little more money and a little more flexibility, and they aren't going to fight him if he wants to go after the end of this season. Um, so he got a little bit of more control of his contract situation, and he got somebody he wanted back which would be Randall Cobb, as you alluded to. And whether or not Randall Cobb is going to make a difference one way or the other is almost irrelevant. In Aaron's mind, it's, I wanted this thing to happen. And for the first time in a long time, the organization said, yes, we will make that happen for you. And I think those two combination of things are why Aaron is where he is right now. What what Rogers told us in in his media availability now the the press conference heard around the world is that this was a this was a conversation with Cobb um, that they had been talking about for a while. Randall Cobb mentioned that, and Rogers said he told the Packers about this in February. Hey, I think we should get a slot receiver, and and I think Randall Cobb would be perfect. Why do you think it took so long for this move to be made? Were they just waiting on Rogers to make a decision? Do you think? I think that's an excellent question, and the Packers organization has to answer that because you're correct. This He must have said this 100 times to them starting back in February. And if all it would take was to bring back Randall Cobb at a very cost-prohibit, I mean, a very cost-friendly uh, situation, why did they not do it before now? I have absolutely no idea. But again, this is sort of the perceived problem that Aaron had with the organization is that, hey, okay, we'll listen to you, but we're not going to act on anything. And if it really was just about getting Randall Cobb back and trying to restructure the deal, you have to ask the Packers why it took getting to this breaking point for them to be flexible enough to do something which seems like a minimal task and a minimal ask for an organization to keep their best player and the most important player on their team happy yeah and and the other side of this that what the team would say is well the team has to do what is best for the team and and you know rogers went through a, a list of players 12 players veteran guys that he felt like should have been brought back tom silverstein who does a great job covering the packers laid out hey you know these were these were situations and decisions that ultimately were probably in the best interest of the team it seems like walking that line is extremely difficult. The problem here is, it's at least from the sound of it, is the Packers haven't even tried to walk that line. That's exactly correct from Aaron's perspective, yes. Um, you could make the case that all of those moves uh, were the best interest of the team. But also, what's in the best interest of the team is keeping your best player content. And, you know, it, it really sometimes isn't even about the move that's made. It's the message around the move that's mm -hmm. made, right? Like, let's say, for example, they had gone and, you know, you can debate whether or not this should happen, but let's say they would have gone to him and say, hey, this is why we're doing what we're doing uh, with a buddy of yours, whether it's Clay Matthews or Randall Cobb or Charles Woodson, whoever you wanted to talk to who's in going into the Hall of Fame this weekend, and one of the reasons why I'm here in Canton. Um, but, you know, all of those things, if you massage the move with the right message, there might not be a problem. And you're right. 
from a team perspective, as Tom laid out, these were probably all the right moves for the team and the organization. But this is a relationship business at the end of the day. Yep. You have to have some sort of trust between player and management, especially your best player, for him to feel like, okay, maybe now I can understand why these are the best moves for the organization. So it really is, at the if we're getting to the crux of the matter, it's not about the moves that were made, but how the uh, how the moves that were made were presented to Aaron and other players in the locker room. And sometimes that's just as important as it is to what actually happens. I mean, that, I, I don't think it's a coincidence that Devontae Adams broke off his contract talks with the team when it looked like there was no resolution in sight for Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Why would Devontae Adams want to be there if Aaron Rodgers wasn't going to be there? These things do have an ancillary effect on each other. Nothing happens in a vacuum. Well, and, and Adam Schefter reported seemingly minutes after the Rodgers deal was announced or, or at least reported that, oh, hey, Devontae Adams, by the way, willing to come back to the table and, and have some discussions about his future in Green yeah. Bay. So one of the things that Aaron Rodgers said was, you know, I, I want to be a recruiter. I want to help in free agency. Um, Brian Gutekind's response was, well, we didn't really have any money to do anything. So that's, you know, that that was just not on the table for us. A lot of these things, right, it seems let me, like. Let me, let me just let me just say let me just say this, right? If there wasn't a lot of m- money on the table to do it, then wouldn't having Aaron as a recruiter help you if you didn't have the money? Sure, no, no question about it. Yeah, I mean, use your best asset, right? Use your best asset. Well, and and they could have also at that time, and this is certainly what Aaron Rodgers would say is, well, then you could have offered me an extension. And I earned an extension right. rather than just a restructure, Correct. which is what you wanted. Correct. And and that was what re- reportedly happened was that the Packers said, we want you to restructure. And he said, well, it should be an extension. What do you mean restructure? Um, right. But exactly. but so if if we're going to try and if you're the Packers now and you want to massage this, you want this to be more than a one year deal. And I, I think the the reported top of market kind of money offer that that they gave him in in May speaks to a, at least a desire on their part to to make this work how do you well, over the next 6 months do that if if that's if that's more than pr spin right if that's more than just right. um paying lip service to saying oh we want him back he's making this decision well right those stories come out for a reason right nothing comes out <laughs> without an agenda you know, so when, when that story came out, and again, great job by Adam Schefter, as he always does, you have to look at that. Well, wh- who, where does this story and narrative go? Who does it help? It clearly helps the Packers, right? Yeah. Look, we tried to make him the highest paid player in the game. We tried to do this for him. So there's always the narrative of what comes out and what people are trying to get from the information that they leak. So you have to look at it in that situation. Um, the other part of it is, I don't know what you can do because the team is the team, right? Barring massive injuries in, in, in training camp. I mean, it is what it is going forward. I don't think whatever happened this off season will have one ounce of effect on whether the team wins or loses games in 2021, because they hosted the NFC championship game last year and all the same bleep was simmering under the surface, Aaron just took the lid off the boil and said, this is what's happening, in my opinion. Again, that's the most important thing I keep stressing here. No one is saying Aaron is right or the Packers are wrong. We're just saying this is how Aaron feels, and it's something the Packers have to deal with. 
Some people are definitely saying that, and some people are definitely saying it in the, in the, in the reverse. That's just how this works. You know that, right. Trey. Tri- sports are very, very tribal. Uh, what is what is the scenario if there is one? And let's maybe there isn't anything the Packers can do per se. But what we keep hearing is the focus is on 2021. The focus is on 2021. We've heard that from the coach, the GM, and yeah. the quarterback. Is is winning the only thing that that could have Rodgers in a Packers uniform in 2022? Do you think? Um. Maybe, but I, look, I mean, he did the right thing at that press conference, which, by the way, if you watched it, it was like the end scene uh, in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with Leo DiCaprio <laughs> just taking out the flamethrower. He says, you know, <laughs> going, going full on blast. Um, taking I, out know, the hippies. Aaron, yeah, and Aaron was very specific in that press conference, right? Uh, there wasn't a sentence that he uttered that wasn't calculated and wasn't said for a reason. He kept looking down at notes. Yeah, he had right? notes. And so when, when he said, you know, hey, it, you know, if, if we win a Super Bowl or whatever, who knows, I could be back next year. That's saying all the right things. But remember, he also said, I love playing here. I love my teammates. I love the org- I love the fans. He didn't finish that sentence with the word organization in it. So, <laughs> look, a- anything is possible. But my read on this and, and knowing what sort of preceded that, I would be very surprised if this wasn't the last season for Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Yeah, I think I think that's and, probably... By the way, that was the Packers' plan all along. I mean, they can say otherwise. The Packers' plan all along was to trade him after the 2021 season and hand the torch to Jordan Love. Okay, and and that's where where we can we can you know sort of put a put a a bow on this conversation. The Jordan Love piece of this, Aaron Rodgers yeah. to me can say, look, it's not about Jordan Love, and I don't think it's about Jordan Love specifically, but it seems like that right. was the inciting incident here to say, okay, um, if you guys are not, and, and Rodgers said this, and I like the candid uh, uh, words that he offered at the press conference were remarkable for him to say. Okay, you drafted Jordan Love, and I wasn't happy about that. And now fast forward seven, eight months, whatever it was, and you don't want to give me a contract extension. Okay, well, so then if Jordan Love is your guy, then let's just let's just end it now. Let's just break this. Yeah. There's there's that weird dichotomy, right, of saying it's not about the draft pick, but then if they don't take Jordan Love, I mean, are we in the same spot here? Because why else would Aaron Rodgers feel like a lame duck quarterback? So you, know, you know what I mean? It's like, it's not about the yeah. draft pick, but it's also about the draft pick. Well, it's completely about the draft pick, but it's not about the person. Right. I, I think that's the, the, the line of demarcation. This has nothing to do with Jordan Love, the person. It has everything to do with the Packers' decision to trade up to get Jordan Love. And I think that sometimes gets lost in the narrative because – Aaron Rodgers has no animosity towards Jordan Love. He has animosity towards the organization's decision to do what they did to get Jordan Love. And those are two very different things. All right. Last thing here, and and I I appreciate you taking the time Um, on the field. This Packers team with Aaron Rodgers. Can, looks like they can beat anybody. So if if yeah. you are going to handicap um, how this season plays out for them, how do, how do you see this going for Green Bay? Well, listen, uh, there's only one team that I'm looking at that I think is better than them in the NFC, and that's the team that beat them in the playoffs in the NFC Championship game last year, and that's right. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So it, it, by any rational definition, uh, you know, 
the team that is brought brought back everybody in Tampa Bay and the team that brought back almost everybody in uh, in Green Bay are absolutely the the two teams that should be the prohibitive favorites to be in the NFC Championship game. That, that is, uh, I think, how, how most people are looking at it. And, uh, you know, we'll see if, if the Packers made enough improvements, if they can play a better game, if they if they meet again in the postseason. I don't think anyone would be upset about uh, Brady Rogers in a potential last dance situation. Trey, I appreciate it, man. This is great. You got it, Pete. Anytime. All right. I want to thank Trey for coming on Locked on Packers. A lot of good stuff from him in there. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand that their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? They have everything you need from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. All right, we're going to be back later in the week. A lot more to get to um, as as the Packers ramp up to this exhibition game. Uh, Matt Lafleur said yesterday that there are going to be some select veterans not out there. Presumably, that means guys like Aaron Rodgers, uh, Zadarius Smith, maybe Kenny Clark, Devontae Adams. We'll see. Although you would really like to get Jordan Love some reps with 1-7. So we'll see what they decide to do there. You you also want him to have an offensive line that's capable. <laughs> so we'll see what exactly they throw out there. Uh, Houston is not a very good team. We do not expect Deshaun Watson to play in this game, though. His, his uh, situation is very much up in the air. It is in a holding pattern. Um, for now, John McClain from the Houston Chronicle reporting. He doesn't believe Watson will ever play another snap for the Houston Texans. That, of course, stemming from not only his trade request, but also the uh, allegations of sexual assault. So uh, a pretty ugly situation there all around in Houston. But that means a lot more to talk about because the Packers actually have an opponent this week. We won't go through our full schedule. We'll not do the opponent Wednesday. We'll not, we'll not do our crossover Thursday or anything like that. We will have a you doing. So Lily Zah will be on the program tomorrow, but more to get to this week. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do it 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers. 